Well, where I grew up in southern Illinois, the town I went to high school in, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m., the teachers at the school had a, a meeting. They lasted until 9, which meant that as students, we didn't need to be in the building until 9. It was called prime time. And usually, I used that prime time hour to go to a little diner in our hometown. I'd meet some friends there. And I got the same thing every morning. Biscuits and gravy, order hash browns, big glass of chocolate milk, which is probably why I fell asleep by the time I got to school. You know, it was that nice, heavy breakfast. But there was this time, this period, where I switched that up a little bit. It was my junior year of high school. And this was the year that my parents split up, my dad moved out. And so my life was just very different at that point, not what, really what I was used to. And my dad happened to be working weekends at his job during this time period, so he had Thursday mornings off. So he and I, we started to get together Thursday morning, uh, 8 o'clock, at this little grocery store in town that had a bakery and a little dining area, and we'd grab a donut, and, and then we'd grab a free cup of coffee from the cappuccino machine, which a couple of months later we found out was not free, and we'd just been stealing coffee for six months. You know, and we would just, just reconnect. And that was a time that I really grew to look forward to, because it's not like my dad and I had a bad relationship, it just, it wasn't the closest relationship. And so this, this hour, every week, became a time where we just reconnected. It was really special during that time of my life. And we all have seasons of life we go through, these, these different seasons. Sometimes they're because of, of life changes, sometimes they're different phases that we go through. But all of these different phases and times and seasons in our life, they all have one thing in common. They're usually very busy. I don't know if there is such a thing as a slow season in life. And in these busy times and busy seasons, it's really easy for really important relationships to maybe fall by the wayside. And we might grow distant from people that we really, really care about. And that's why it's important to make special time to reconnect with those relationships and those people that matter so much to us. And that idea is really significant to today's message as we wrap up this series we've been in for a while called Staycation. You know, we've been talking about life. Life is busy. Everybody is busy all the time. And we're tired. And there are times where all we want to do is rest. We want to get away. We want to go on vacation. But we can't always do that. A, we don't have enough vacation days. B, it's not always practical. What we really need as people of faith, and really just as people in general, is to be able to build rhythms and routines of rest into our regular lives. We need to find rest right where we are, which is the idea behind staycation and why I get to wear shorts on stage this day. We need to find rest where we're at. And that rest is not just rest for our bodies. We've been talking about all kinds of rest in this series. We started off talking about rest for our minds. You know, we need to disengage from this world and just give our brains a break. We need rest for our bodies. We need that magic word, no, that creates space so that we can rest and recharge. But we are holistic beings. We need brain rest. We need body rest. But we also need rest for our spirits. And that's a kind of rest we don't often acknowledge. We need a time where we can reconnect with our Heavenly Father and re-energize and recharge, recharge that relationship. That's the idea behind something called Sabbath. And that's what we're gonna be talking about this morning. This is usually where I would have you turn in your Bibles to a specific passage and we would kind of camp out there for a while and spend our time there. But we're actually gonna be all over the Bible today. And so you would actually be better served either following along on the screens to the side or downloading the FCC Mammoth app on your mobile device and clicking the Sunday button in the bottom right-hand corner. You'll find sermon notes with all of our passages already pulled up so you don't have to spend your time flipping back and forth between unfamiliar Old Testament prophets only to get to the passage just as we're finishing it up and you didn't hear any 
of it. So that's what I would recommend this morning. Let's start off by talking about Sabbath in general. What is Sabbath? I mean, that's, that's a funny word we don't use very often. If you grew up in church, you've probably heard that word used in connection to the Old Testament Ten Commandments, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. But if you didn't grow up in church or you weren't there a whole lot, that might be a kind of an odd word to you. You might not be really familiar with its meaning. At its heart, not at its core, the Sabbath was a day of rest, the seventh day of the week, that God instituted among the ancient Israelites. At, at its most basic explanation, that's what it is. And it actually finds its origin in the very first story of the Old Testament, really of the Bible, the creation story. God works for six days making this and making that and creating everything, and then on the seventh day, he rests. He takes a Sabbath, he breaks from his work. And if we were to fast forward the biblical story quite a bit, we would find a time where God rescues the Israelite people out of Egyptian slavery. And when he does that, he makes a covenant with them. And a covenant was basically just a, a contract or a treaty between God and these people. And the contract basically was this. If you worship me as your only God, because I'm the only God that cared to rescue you out of slavery, I will make you my special people and I will bless the snot out of you. Your life will be amazing if you just follow my commands and my decrees. And the 10 most memorable of which are the 10 commandments that we're probably familiar with. And the Ten Commandments are rooted in that covenant because I, the Lord your God, am the one who rescued you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. In other words, I rescued you, not any of those other guys, so worship me. That makes sense, right? Because I, the Lord your God, chose you as my special people and my special prized possession. Don't make images out of fruit or animals or people. That makes sense, right? The fourth commandment is really the one that's, that's significant to our conversation. Because I, the Lord your God, rescued you out of Egypt and chose you to be my special people out of all the people in the world, do what I do and take a Sabbath. Follow my example and rest on the seventh day. That's the heart of the fourth commandment is take a Sabbath. That makes sense, right? We're God's people, so we just follow God's example. And God was really, really serious about this Sabbath break. You couldn't do any work at all. Like if you were a farmer, which everybody was a farmer at that time, but if you were a farmer and you had crops in the field and it was harvest time and you needed to get out there and get your crops in, but it was the Sabbath day, your crops are just going to have to wait. Hopefully they'll be there tomorrow because it's the Sabbath and you can't work. You couldn't cook or prepare food on the Sabbath day. You had to make a double portion the night before and then just eat leftovers on the Sabbath day, which is what we do in my house even to this day. Uh, you know, Sunday's a busy day. We're, we're not cooking anything. We're either going out to eat or eating leftovers from Saturday night. You couldn't do any work. And here's the thing. God was so serious about this that the punishment for breaking the Sabbath was death. If you work on the Sabbath, you are to die. Now, some of us hear that and the gears start turning and we start thinking that is the best excuse ever. Sorry, boss, I can't come into work today. It's the Sabbath, and I don't want to die. You can't argue with that. It's foolproof. But some of us hear that, and the wheels start turning, and we might get a little worried. And we might start to think, you know, I'm kind of a busy person. I, I don't settle down real easy. What if I accidentally did some work on the Sabbath day? What would happen? And that's kind of where I fall. I'm, I'm a busy person. I like to just do things. Maybe you're that way too. So if that's you, I want to ask, what does that say about us? That even under the threat of death, we're still not really certain we could stop and take the day off. 
I mean, just think about that for a minute. That says a lot about us, but I think primarily it says maybe we are a people that don't know how to rest. And the data would actually affirm that. In 2018, I wish I could find more recent statistics, but the studies just haven't been released yet. But in 2018, America left 768 million vacation days on the table. 768 million unused vacation days in 2018, meaning they, they could have taken the day off. They were entitled to that day off. They just didn't take the day off. Now, to be fair, that's a little better than what we did in 2017. The average number of days taken per person was 17.2 2017. In 2018, it was 17.4, so we took a couple extra hours off the next year. That's still way down from the 22-year period of 1978 through the year 2000, where we took an average of 20.3 hours off. So for 22 years, we did pretty good, and then it's just slowly declined from there. And I have a feeling that in 2020, there will be a record number of unused vacation days because we were all locked up for three months and we couldn't go anywhere. Why would you take a vacation day if you can't go anywhere? We're just not very good at resting. That seems to be what the data indicates. So maybe that's what it says, or maybe it says we just don't really appreciate rest for the gift that it really is. And that could be the case because rest is meant to be a gift. The Sabbath is a gift. That's the way God talks about it in the book of Isaiah. If you want to look at Isaiah 58 with me, God says to the Israelites, he says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please, uh, doing as you please, or speaking idle words, which means just complaining about the fact that you can't work that day, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. In other words, if you just keep the Sabbath, if you just take the day off, if you stop complaining about the fact that you can't get out and make money or you can't get out in your fields and bring the crops in and you just rest and enjoy this day for what it is, you will find joy in me. I will bless you. You will experience reward and fruitfulness. This is a good thing I'm giving to you. Rest is a gift. The Sabbath is a gift. But it's a gift with a specific purpose. It's not a day just to go and do as we please. In fact, God mentions in here the specific purpose. You may have noticed it. Let's read it again. He says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. In other words, God has given the Israelites this day not to go off and to do as they please, not to go out and play the back nine, not to go out and go fishing, not to go out and do all these other things. He has given them this special day to find their rest in him. It's his holy day that he has given them, and they will find joy in the Lord if they honor this day and rest, if they find refreshing for their souls and reconnect with him. That seems to be the indication of what he says in the book of Exodus, chapter 31. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. And then he uses a word, so... You could also translate it as so that. It's a purpose clause. 
And what a purpose clause does is it tells us what we're about to read is the purpose for what we just got done reading. So he says, honor my Sabbath day for the purpose that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. In other words, the reason you are to take this rest and the reason that you are to, to Sabbath on this day is so that you will better understand who I am, I am the Lord, and understand who you are in relation to me. I am the Lord who makes you holy. There is a, a relationship and an understanding that is to be nourished and nurtured and refreshed on this particular day. You see, the Sabbath was a day for rest, not just a day of rest for your brain and not just a day of rest for your body, but a day of rest for your spirit. And the only real place to find rest for our souls is in the presence of God, reconnecting with him, acknowledging who he is and who he makes us to be. That is the kind of rest that our spirit yearns for, and that's the kind of rest that they were to find on the Sabbath. They were a special people that were given a special day to reconnect with their special God. That's Sabbath in a nutshell. Now, you may have noticed, we've talked a lot about the ancient Israelites in the Old Testament. And if you were to take a look around the room this morning, you would probably notice the same thing I do looking at you this morning. That ain't us. Like, we're not ancient Israelites, are we? So the question is, does that still apply to us? Is the Sabbath still an obligation for the church today? That's a question that people really wrestle with. Some of us not so much, some of us a lot. But there really is a good answer to this. It's worth looking into. We're gonna look at a New Testament passage in the book of Romans, chapter 14. And there's a lot of passages we could look at this morning. We could look at one from Galatians. We could look at one from Colossians. But we're gonna look at this one because it's succinct and because it does a really good job of highlighting the main important point. This is Romans chapter 14, verse five. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, one person considers one day more sacred than another. What day do you think he's talking about there? He's talking about the Sabbath. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. For whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat, and that, that was another contentious issue they were trying to figure out. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. So here's this passage, and this is really important for us today because in this ancient church that he's writing to, some of the people were Jewish, and they grew up under the Old Testament covenant and that old contract that God made with them, and, and so they practiced the Sabbath as an obligation every single week, and now that they were Christians, they're saying, we should just keep doing that. That's what God wants us to do. But some of the people in this church grew up through, uh, with various uh, other ethnic backgrounds, and, and they didn't grow up practicing the Sabbath. The Sabbath was actually very unique to the Israelites in the ancient world. And so they look at this and they were saying, this is a contract that God made with a different group of people that's, that's not us. And, and we're under Christ. We have a, a contract, a covenant with him and, and we're free. And Paul looks at both of these explanations, those that say it's an obligation and those that say it's not, and he says, yeah, you're right. He says, to those who, who think that this, the Sabbath is an obligation to uphold, do that, but, but do it unto the Lord. Do it as worship to him. 
And those of you that say, you know, I don't think God wants us to necessarily live out somebody else's contract. We're free. Be free, but, but do so as an act of worship to the Lord. You see, there's a lot of fluidity in Christianity. I don't understand why people sometimes say that this is a strict and rigid religion, because it's, it's really not. There's a lot of fluidity and a lot of flexibility. But there is one thing in here that is absolute, whether it's, it's meat or it's the Sabbath or whatever issue he's talking about here, and it's that of worship. If you think that the Sabbath is an obligation that God intends for us to uphold because of, of the Old Testament, then, then do so as an act of worship. Do it with a clear conscience. But if, if you think that that's an, an old, 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 what's the word, covenant, treaty, contract, that's the word I want. If that's the old contract that you're not under anymore and you're free to, to go about your week, do so as an act of worship unto the Lord because at the end of the day, that's who we all belong to. So we can look at the New Testament, and, and honestly, the, the, the Sabbath is not an obligation for us like it was back then. We're not going to die if we work on the Sabbath day. If you cook a meal on Sunday, I might die, because that's just way too much work. But, but you're not going to die if you cook a, a meal on the Sabbath day. You're not going to be put to death if you go out in your field and bring in the crops on the Sabbath day. It's not an obligation anymore. That said, it is still a gift. And it's still a gift that we very much need and require because this gift of the Sabbath is really a gift of rest for our spirits. And that's something that we never stop requiring as people. I mean, you look at our world today, it's, it's just crazy. If, I don't know if you turned the news on lately, but it seems like there's always something new. And the pace of our world is crazy. It seems like the world never really slows down. We live in a really interesting time of history where we have more opportunities in our nation for leisure and recreation and relaxation than really any other culture or society before us, and yet we have the hardest time actually engaging in it and participating in it because we're all so busy and so tired. That's why we leave 768 million vacation days on the table. I, I don't know about you, you've probably lived this before. My, my favorite day of the week is Thursday because Thursday is, what well, for many of you is, my Friday. That's my last day in the work week. And so Thursday night is usually when I, I have fun. My wife and I have an arrangement and when the kids go down, I get to do my thing. That's my time. You know, I might play the guitar, I, I might play a video game, I might watch a TV show, I might do absolutely nothing at all. I might just stare out the window. That's my time. And I look forward to it. But lately, just because of kids and obligations and meetings and life, by the time my time rolls around on Thursday night, I don't want to do anything except crawl into bed and fall asleep watching Dr. Phil clips on YouTube. That's all I want, because <laughs> I'm tired. And maybe you've been there too. Maybe not the Dr. Phil part, but you've been there where all you really want to do is just go to bed because you're exhausted. We live in a world where we are taxed constantly, and not just our minds, and not just our bodies, but our spirits as well. We said earlier, we are holistic beings. We are all of these things together. That's who we are. And our spirit needs rest, just like the rest of us, because it's continually taxed. We live in a world where we are taxed with trying to live an upright life in an increasingly crooked age. And we are taxed with trying to navigate an increasingly complex moral landscape. And we are taxed with trying to love even really difficult people the best that we can and know how. And when our spirit is taxed with an over-awareness of the hurt and the brokenness in this world. And by the time that the week is over and we sit down to breathe, our spirit is exhausted. 
and it needs rest. Not just a day off from our jobs, not just a day off to do as we please, which can be fun sometimes. What we need is a day of rest where we reconnect with our Heavenly Father, where that relationship is nourished, where we understand who He is and who we are in relationship to Him. That is Sabbath, guys. And it may not be an obligation for us, but it is still a gift and it is still a deep need in our lives. So the question then becomes, how do we do this? How do we practice Sabbath? How do we carve out some time in our really, really busy lives to reconnect with God and find that spiritual rest that we yearn for? Now, we may not be under obligation like the ancient Israelites were, but they have a lot of great ideas for how to utilize the Sabbath and reconnect with God. For example, we notice that in their their practice of the Sabbath, they made special times of worship on the seventh day. Numbers chapter 28, we find there are special sacrifices that they made on the Sabbath that they didn't make any other day of the week. Those Sabbath day sacrifices, it's a special act of worship. And that's a great idea. We can engage God in our lives with a special act of worship on our Sabbath. In fact, we do that kind of on Sunday mornings when we gather, we, we sing. Singing is not a, a, a a huge part of our our cultural expression, especially in the Midwest, we tend to be a little more reserved and buttoned up. We see that. If you are on stage watching you guys sing, you tend to be very reserved and and buttoned up, and that's okay. We love you all the same, so does God. But, you know, singing's just not what we do sometimes. Now, I may be wrong there. Maybe you sing all the time. Maybe your life is a Disney movie, where even mundane moments are celebrated with song and dance. I don't think that's probably the case. Probably most of us, we sing in the car to the radio, and that's about it. So on Sunday morning, when we gather and we lift up our voices and we pour out our heart through song, our heart through, through song, I think I said that, it is a special act of worship. It is something unique that we're engaging God with on this special day that maybe we don't do the rest of the week. Or maybe for you, you're not a singing kind of person. I get that. Maybe for you, your worship, how you really connect with God is through praying with other people or through serving other people, just finding some way to take the spotlight off of you and your busy life and putting it on somebody else. Maybe that just connects with your spirit and that brings you alive. Maybe you don't get to do that a lot at your nine to five, but when we gather on the Sabbath day, there are all kinds of people to pray with and there are all kinds of people to serve, whether it be in the kid's wing or or simple things like holding doors or talking to people or wiping down chairs and get all those nasty germs off. You know, there are ways that we can serve and and maybe that's your way of specially worshiping God on the Sabbath. But we also learned some other lessons from the Israelites. If we were to look at the, their time period in captivity in Babylon and even into the New Testament age of Jesus, this new word starts to show up that wasn't in the days of Moses. It's the word synagogue. They started to go to this thing. Every Sabbath day, they go to the synagogue. And, and really, the main purpose of synagogue was to hear the word of the Lord and to learn from Scripture. And that's an amazing way to reconnect with God and to engage Him and, and to be refreshed is to just listen to what He has to say to us. It's really not rocket science. It's like any other relationship. If you don't listen to what somebody has to say and connect with them through that, you're going to start to feel distant. You're going to feel estranged. A great example of this, my my four-year-old, he started preschool this last semester. Like every parent, I was kind of nervous. I was kind of excited for him. And so I picked him up after his first day, and I got him buckled into his seat. And as we were driving off, I looked in the rearview mirror, and I said, hey, buddy, how was your first day at school? And I started to understand what some of 
parents mean when they say they can't get their kids to talk or they can't connect with their, their kids. I said, how was your first day of school? He said, good. One word. So I thought, okay, we'll try again. I said, well, did you have fun? Yeah. One word. That's all I got. So I started to, to reevaluate. I thought, I need a different strategy. I need to ask an open-ended question, something he can't answer with just one word. And so I looked in the mirror. I said, well, what was your favorite part of today? And I thought, I got him here. He's got to talk on this one. And he looks in the mirror, and he goes, that's it. No words. He just shrugs. And I was like, ah, foiled again. I couldn't get him to talk at all. And I felt like there's a million miles between me and that back seat because I just wanted to hear from him, but he wasn't speaking. Here's the great news about God. He never stopped speaking. There is always this word that we open up, that we look at, that we draw from if we just take the time to listen to what he has to say. I know life is busy. I know we all have a, a crazy schedule, and sometimes it's hard to carve out that morning time or that evening time where we sit down and we do our devotions. Confession time, sometimes I have a hard time finding that time too. I get it, it's not always easy. But on the Sabbath day, this special time where we reconnect with God, it's so crucial that we say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this moment where I sit down and I listen to what God's trying to say to my life. That's a great way to connect with him. Now, you may have noticed that a lot of this stuff, singing and serving and scripture, a lot of that is what we do when we gather here on Sunday mornings. And there's a reason for that. It's because the Sabbath day in ancient Israel, it was a day of sacred assembly. We read that in Leviticus 23. It says, there are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. You're not to do any work wherever you live. It's a Sabbath day to the Lord. It's a day of sacred assembly. It's a day for gathering as God's people. And as God's people, lifting up those acts of worship through song and service, as God's people, hearing what he has to say through his word, the Sabbath day is an amazing opportunity for us to gather together as we are right now. Now, let me say this. I know that some of us are not always able to do that. We want to, but work schedules and things, we're not always able to be here every week. Some of us, maybe because of health concerns or because we're at work right now, we're watching this digitally. Or maybe some of us are gonna watch this later on in the week digitally because you can't be here this morning. So if that's any of us in any of those situations, hear me say this. The Sabbath is not an obligation. It's a gift. So if you're able to gather together as a body, Treat it as a gift, embark on it, enjoy it, do it. But if you're not able to gather together as a body on Sunday morning, that doesn't mean that the gift can't still be a blessing on Tuesday or on Wednesday evening or on Thursday morning. That's the whole idea behind this staycation idea. It's finding rest wherever, or in this case, whenever you are. Just because you might not be able to gather on Sunday morning doesn't mean we don't still need that time or we shut out the rest of the world, or we turn off the TV, turn off the radio, put down the phone, put down the paper and say, God, I just need to reconnect with you. My spirit needs rest. And that's only found in the presence of my Father. That is the gift of Sabbath. And I hope that we hear this, this whole series, I hope this has been a blessing to you because rest is something our society does not encourage. 
But our minds do need rest and our bodies do need rest and our spirits do need rest. And so my hope is that throughout these last three weeks, we've heard some ideas that we can start to put into practice, that we've experienced the blessing of it a little bit already, but my hope is that moving forward, we would be intentional in carving out this time, not to do more, not to be more, not to experience more places, but to simply find the kind of rest that God created people to need and to enjoy. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for rest. It is hard sometimes to enjoy that. It's hard to prioritize that. But even you rested. And Father, I just pray that we would follow your lead as your special people, saved by a special God, and that we would make special time to connect with you, that our spirit would find reprieve from this world and from the taxing challenge of walking through it, that we would be encouraged and energized because of you, that the good news of Jesus would refresh our souls and would provide us the strength necessary to walk faithfully in this world, to be obedient to you, and that, Lord, we might find joy because our spirit isn't so taxed that we would see the good in this world, that our minds would be able to to find and celebrate the good all around us, that our bodies would be able to rejoice because they're not exhausted all the time, and that our lives might be refreshing acts of worship, not just for ourselves, but for those around us, because we are rested, not just sleeping, not just vacationing, but we are truly rested in your presence. Pray these gifts upon these people today. In Jesus' name, amen.